Hello and welcome to the Ride It Out podcast, the official podcast of Summer Nats, the world's wildest car festival. My name's Jay Benz and I'm joined by my mate, Owen Webb. What's happening, mate? Lenny, mate, there's a lot more cars on the road this week, eh? Definitely. <laughs> I can tell you, I went for a bit of a bike ride on Saturday and there was no gap to get through traffic, I can tell you. <laughs> That's for sure. I do a bit of work on the Camaro and I actually did an interview with uh, Mike and Jim Ring this week. So, yeah, it's been a really good week. Yeah, perfect. I'm sure that would have been enjoyable. You know those guys for a bit of for a while, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We do a little bit of a run through tonight, and then uh, the full interview on Thursday night. So yeah, good. we've got on this week a pretty scorcher of a show. We've got Hayden Wilby from New Zealand who drives the blown VT nut out. Then we've got a sneak peek look at the Green Brothers interview that Webby's done. Then we have Supercars driver Dave Reynolds, and we have Supercars TV guru Nathan Prendergast. We're going to have a chat to those guys and see what's been happening with e racing and see what's happening with the season. And after that, we'll be chatting with Andrew Broadley from Street Machine Magazine about some breaking news. Here with us is Car Crazy Tie Shredder from New Zealand. Hayden Wilby, what's happening, mate? No, not much, bro. What's happening? Oh, you know, just cruising out. How's things over there? Good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit cold. <laughs> how's, the, uh, how's the cars keeping in the shed? Good? Yeah, well, they're not doing much else. You know, we've been under this, uh, this bloody lockdown. Um, so apart from sheds, goods, we're not doing anything. <laughs> it's been a... Probably around five or six months now since Summer Nights, so it's gone pretty fast. Yeah, 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 for sure. To start things off, I guess um, people might know you from Nut Out, from your VT, your blown VT. It's pretty, uh, it's certainly loud in, in person and it's loud in presence as well. Where does your passion for cars come from, mate? Uh, I guess um, uh, when I was younger, I used to work at a gas station, sort of after after school job, and um, there was like a car club in my community. It was like the, the Wainui Ford V8 Club, and uh, they had some pretty pretty impressive you know, Aussie V8s and stuff like that back then. And, uh, and you know, we used to get all the street machine magazines and whatnot into the gas station. Of course, I'd be, you know, reading all these magazines before I sold them to the customer. And, you know, you'd have all the likes of, uh, you know, the early summer that stuff, you know, Gary Myers in the Mustang, you know, Debbie Gray in the Camaro, um, and, you know, Howard Astle's buddy, XA Coop and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> When you're, when you're sort of young, back then, there's no social media. There's no, uh, you know, there's no Facebook. There. I can't even remember if there was YouTube back then. I didn't have a cell phone, you know. So, you know, the, the magazine, you know, a probably Street Machine magazine was probably what sort of got me into cars big time back then. And then um, there was a, a lo- local event that's been running for about 50 years just down the road from me, called Port Road Drags. And when I was a young fellow, we used to head there every, uh, you know, every year to watch the drags and just, you know, the sights, sell, smells, sounds of the V8s and stuff was just, uh, was pretty cool. Um, then I started kicking around with this dude who had a uh, shitty old Mark 1 Black, Matt Black Escort. And uh, he taught me to drive in that. Had no clutch, well, had a clutch, but the cable was snapped. So it was kind of just <laughs> uh, starting gear, hope for the best. And uh, yeah, I was pretty much hooked after that, I think. Yeah, mad. Well, you've got a bit of an interesting job work situation. You want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I sort of I live in a small community called um, Wanuiamata here in New Zealand. Got a population of about sixteen thousand, and uh, me and the wife own the local pub and bottle store. You know, so yeah, wow. Yeah, we get to meet some pretty crazy characters, <laughs> and uh, you know, we've been on the news on the radio a few times for a few interesting things that happened down the pub. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, nice. Just to get back to your car stuff, I guess. What was your, what was your first car? Ooh, uh, I think I was about 16. Um, dude down the road was selling a, a bright yellow Mark One Escort. And um, that was me. I was down. I seen that bright yellow. I was like, <laughs> had turbo mags on it. And I was like, 
Uh, sort of did a deal with them and managed to be able to pay them off. I think it was about 600 bucks um, and maybe about 100 bucks a week or something, you know, so that was pretty cool. Um, but my driving was pretty, uh, pretty shit out back then, much like it is today, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it lasted long. I smacked up every door, panel, um, guard, everything. Ended up going to the, the scrapper, I think. And then I, uh, <laughs> oh, that's where, all, that's where all good first cars go. Yeah, right? the scrapper, no, I think knows? I think after they upgraded to a Mark IV Cortina, bright yellow as well. I don't think that lasted long either, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, so what's your current garage look like at the moment? We know you've got nut out, but what about your other stuff? Yeah, you know, I've got a, a good mix of Fords and Holdens. Um, probably, oh, I've got a bus as well. We've got a house bus yeah, that we tow, tow the car around the country with. Um, but my favourite is probably my XB. It's, uh, you know, 351 ton of ram clevo in it yeah um it's just a cool car to cruise in you know pretty much no matter where i go on that it's uh, it gets all the looks it gets the love and i, and I just love driving it but uh that's all about the changes is uh sort of just before lockdown we managed to um finally get my hands on an xa coupe uh we're supposed to pick it up at beach hop but uh we've been in lockdown so um that didn't happen so hopefully, fingers crossed, in the next few weeks, you might be able to sort of finalise all that and uh, be driving home in that. Yeah, nice bit of a new project, eh? What's the plans? Uh, not so much a project. I'm sort of sick of projects. They cost yeah. too much. <laughs> okay, so this um, one's fully built. It's pretty much fully built and, uh, and ready to rock and roll. And it's, uh, it's pretty tough. It's very tough. Yeah, yeah nice. In terms of Nut Out, where, where, did, where did that car start and how did that sort of come about? About 2017 is when I sort of – got into the skids competitively is because the NZBC started up. So I bought this 2000 SS Commodore to sort of have a crack at doing the NZBC rounds. And, you know, it was just a LS1 six-speed manual. And then we just sort of, it, it evolved. You know, I went to Summonets the first time, uh, uh, Summonets 33, and uh, and then sort of decided we want to go back next year, but with a car. So um, we, went, we went, you know, we, we did a bit more and, and it sort of evolved from then. You know, we wanted to build a car that we could do anything with. You know, it's just a party car, sort of a jack of all trades, but not really a master of anything, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I guess, you know, one of the first things you notice about it is a stance. You know, it's, it's got that quite aggressive front stance. You know, it's the drift stance. You know, it's slammed. It's got all the drift goodies in there. You know, we've got a heap of stuff from Showtime Customs of Fabrication. Yeah. Um, they sort of, you know, you can do anything with, they do anything with Commodores. Yeah. Uh, it's in Melbourne, I think, those guys. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I love to take it drifting. You know, there's no there's no bigger rush than being full lock sideways and uh, looking at the passenger's window. window you know, and drifting drifting that, is huge in New Zealand, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, not that, as I say, I'm not I'm not any good at it or any or a drifter, <laughs> but you know, uh, love to do the old clutch kick here and there. <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully, if we come back to some of that, you know, they might let me have a crack on the drift track. Yeah, well, well who knows? Yeah, well, you can only <laughs> you can certainly only ask. That's for sure. I'd love to see yeah, a blind you know, a blind VT on the drift track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got the hydro handbrake and everything, you know, so we can uh, we can give it a crack. I think it's one of the cars that I remember most sort of like, it's very memorable, very in your face, you know, with that drift stance and the gold paint and everything yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Tell, tell us about the, the, the motor and stuff in, in the car how, and what's what's in it. You know, it's got the massive blower and injector hat and everything coming through the bonnet. Uh, the motor was built here by a local company called Arcus Performance. Um, he's, got a, he's got a blown Camaro as well. And to be honest, you know, we're still running the stock bottom end. We're still running stock heads. Um, but it's got a whole heap of the good stuff holding it together. Um, and then just all your usual LS mods. 
but you know we've got like some good Kiwi stuff on there. Calford Cam, Link ECU. Overall, she's she's pretty stock, you know. But she just ha- she has she has good bits in it. But the, the biggest point of difference is that from other burnout cars is that we kept it manual. Yeah. Still running the T fifty six. You know, I just love the sound of smashing through the gears and and and. <laughs> I don't, and, think you're, I don't think you're alone there, mate. I don't think you're alone. <laughs> and, you know, I love the sneaky clutch kicks here and there, especially when you're going around about. I mean, yeah. those that watch my YouTube vids will obviously see that I still drive around the streets. So, yeah, uh, it, it's pretty cool. I think um, I, that's one thing I, I enjoy, I like about the car that you build is that it's a little bit different from some of the other stuff, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's, that's the tough thing. You know, you, you, there's probably, you know, there's thousands of other commies out there. So how do you stand out? How do you, you know, you add your little differences like my drift wing and, and you know, yep. keeping it manual, you know, the, the paint, you know, that we, uh, I got a sponsorship deal through um, Delta, Delta J Pen on paint here in, in Wellington and they, they pretty much chose the colour. And you know, I sort of gave them a few specs and says, listen, it's got to be sort of orange or ginger because I've got a ginger missus. So yeah. the, 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 the car's actually named after her now because she's always nothing out about, oh, what'd you spend this on? What'd you spend this on? What do you mean you're going to Australia to do a burnout, you know? So it's uh, it's, it's a sort of so. It does sound know, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, the paint had to sort of to fit her personality and, and it does, you know, they did, a, they did a crack job on it. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 I think the car lives up to the plate. You know, it does not out <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Tell tell us a bit quickly about the the burnout New Zealand burnout scene at the moment. Yeah, okay, as I say, as I say before, I mean, I didn't really get into it competitively till 2017 when the NZBC started up. Yeah, um, it was it was just the right time for me. Uh, work was good, kids were growing up, stuff like that, and yeah. that's when I brought the SS and decided yeah. to have a crack. It's growing there, right? For sure, oh, it's yeah. already pretty big. Yeah, the last couple of years has the scenes grown massively. Yeah. Um, pe- people are building some pretty badass, dedicated burnout cars here in New Zealand, mm-hmm. um, and, and we've got quite a few events, uh, events to choose from now. And, and events are adding burnout comps to their events. Um, you know, we've got some really cool burnout pads coming now, and promoters are seeing seeing value in having you know the burnout guys at their events. You know, a lot yeah. of us have got you know social media and that, and you know people love to come and see the cars. You know, the good the thing about burnout cars is they can look pretty crazy, and uh, they're pretty pretty impressive to to see and and hear and, and absolutely and, and yeah yeah. But I guess I mean while we're on the subject that you know we, I would love to see some of the Aussie guys come come to New Zealand. You know, um, yep. we've had it, we've been lucky to have a few. But, uh, you know, how about a New Zealand versus Aussie skid comp or something like that, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the New Zealand scene would benefit from seeing some of these guys come back to, to New Zealand. You know, I'm talking yeah. about the likes of Sicko, Blow 202, Inferno, uh, Wide Open, Tough 253, you know, Fierce, Skidmer. You know, Skidmer is just crazy loud, you know, and, and it, is, it is just mental going down like there. A- and it's different from what we've got here in New Zealand, you know, like Hammer Time, you know, stuff like that. We don't, we don't yeah, have, yeah. We, we're not there yet, you know. So, so you know, having something like that in New Zealand, people can see, come up and see them um, and experience it. And and, it, and what it does, it, it it means that you want to go out and you you want to you want to build something like that, or you want to be different, you know, like those guys have been. Because, Absolutely, you know, bit of a bit of a trans trans Tasman test. You know? <laughs> oh, mate! Look at you know some of that. Some of that should bring an event to New Zealand. So, look, look at Power Cruise. <laughs> Power Cruise does New Zealand, and it's huge. You know, I, I tell you what. Even all the stuff I've learned here over lockdown, we, we could even do a an NZ verse, you know, Aussie online speed comp. You know, we could bloody have two separate burnout comps, one in Australia, one in New Zealand, all happening at the same time. You live feed it to one, live feed it to NZ, <laughs> live feed it, you know, and then the, and then the people vote or something on those lines. But, you know, it would be, be awesome to see, you know, a few of the, uh, the Aussie guys 
you know, bring some of your big rigs to New Zealand. I mean, it's, it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive. Yeah. I'm all for skids, mate, 100%. I want to ask you about your first Summonats experience, talking about car events. You, you came, I believe, in, in Summonats 32 as a, as a spectator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so basically came over to Summonats 32 to support Rob and AgriXP. So he, yep. he came over as part of the... You know, he was one of the winners of the first round at NZBC. You know, he'd been sort of ripping up the New Zealand scene up and down the country. He takes two, you know, blown, blown forwards for every event. And so, you know, I wanted to go over there and support him. And uh, and to be honest, I've always wanted to go to some of this before, but just sort of, I guess, never never and, been. And then, and, this um, time, and then this year you came with your car. Yeah, well, mate, after going there and just seeing the amount of blown cars and... and, and, and and what happens at Summonats, it's, it's unlike anything else in the, in the world. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I said it was the worst, you know, going there financially was the worst thing I ever did because straight away I was like, I'm coming back next year with my car. You know, and, and you can't come back with a, you know, naturally aspirated or something. You're not gonna, if you're going to come all the way from New Zealand, you're going to bring, <laughs> you're going to bring the heat, you know. So you've got to bring the gonna, fire, which it did. Mate, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be big, we're going to be buying, you know. Yeah, nice. So, just to wrap up, just tell us where everybody can follow. I know you're a bit of a YouTuber as well. Tell where everybody can follow all your social media and stuff like that. I've got a yeah Facebook, Fitzroy Motorsport, and also on YouTube, Fitzroy Motorsport as well. And you know, as I say, I sort of travel up and down the country doing these things. And just in the last six months, um, you know, I just thought we need to start capturing you know some of this the craziness that we get up to and, and all that kind of stuff. And you've started putting it on YouTube. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on, Hayden. We appreciate your time. I hope to see you again at Summonats 34, mate. You never know. Oh, mate, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> awesome. We'll talk. We'll catch up with you soon. Owen, what's happening now, mate? Something pretty exciting. Oh, yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, after the success last week of the interview I did with Troy Trepanier, I thought I'd have a chat with Mike and Jim Ring, better known wow. as the, the Ring Brothers. Wow, and, yeah. And I put them up there with some of the best car builders in the world, like Troy. And I'm sure after we, we have a look at some of their builds, a lot of people will agree. We're also going to have a look at their, their workshop and, uh, and their passion and their work ethic is unbelievable. I'm sure you had other cars, but uh, to us down here or the majority of people, the, the 67 um, Fastback Mustang Reactor sort of really seemed to put you guys on the world stage. Um, I'm guessing you had other cars before. Is that right? Before that? We did, but not a lot, believe it or not. You know, we, we kind of didn't know anything about the game, and we had built one car, I think, Kona, that really kind of people noticed a little bit. And the guy that allowed us to build the reactor saw that car and said, I want you guys to build me a car. It was a pretty exciting day for us, and, and we threw everything we had at it as far as at the time with the machining that we did on it. and. Uh, I don't know. We really put our heart and soul into that car. We still do today, but that one was was pretty special. That yeah, you're right. It did well. Just somebody took a chance on us, and we didn't want to disappoint. Yeah, yeah. That's a great story. So that that guy, he was a U.S. guy, wasn't he? From the U.S. He was. He was. He was from uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He since had passed from cancer. Just not uh, recently. Not within a year. A, or so. It's been a couple of years already, but. Uh, uh, hated to see that. His name was Doug Hoppy. He was a, just a nice man, and we got to hand it to him for giving us a shot. And you know, to to be able to, we begged to go to SEMA. You know, we never got in. But I think the first time we were there, we took a a Mustang out there, and we ended up between the Hilton Convention Center and the actual SEMA yeah. Hall, right right next to the dumpster. And uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, the only people that saw us was the smokers when they flicked the cigarettes <laughs> onto the under the hood of the car. <laughs> and then, uh, then I think Mustang Monthly or one of the magazines did a story, which was a couple months after SEMA, and they talked about our car in the alley being one of the more exciting cars at SEMA that nobody got to see. So that was kind of <laughs> cool for us. Yeah. So yeah. I think the following what? year was that uh, reactor. What year was that? You remember? Had to be which one, the reactor or the first? Yeah, yeah, car? the reactor. Yeah, the reactor. I think that was 07. Yeah, yeah okay. so about yeah. 12, 13 years ago already. But uh, so you guys nice. are, yeah, you're an overnight success. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, when you look at like Troy or Bobby and those guys, it started long before we did. Yeah, and, uh, we're pretty lucky, actually. It's it is a short period of time. Yeah. No, no, you're not lucky. You're fortunate. You're fortunate that you've come across good people, I guess, and then you, and of course the amount of work that goes into building these cars. You know, yeah. not many not many people are really put amount of work in. Yeah. All right, we're here with supercars driver Dave Reynolds and supercars TV guru Nathan Prendergast. What's happening, guys? Hey, Josh. Just before you go into this interview. I'd like to just cover some of Nate's big achievements. He's had his hands all over some of the biggest events here in Australia. He's, wow. been, the, he's been the director of, of uh, Supercars for over 10 years. He's had five years with Red Bull in all the Dakar events, which I'm sure we'll cover. He's been involved with the Australian Tennis Open and directed had heaps of direction with uh, the AFL Broadcasting. So, wow. So I reckon that that's some of the biggest events in Australia, and uh, but I reckon Nate, this podcast might top them all, be the biggest deal yet. What do you reckon? Hundred percent. This is the best thing I've ever done, and on that intro, thanks guys. It's been wonderful. I'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get back here. So listen, mate. I knew your dad before you, so so I know how you got into cars. So what's what's some of your earliest memories doing stuff with your dad? Oh, well, so that's the funny thing. So everyone knew my dad before me, and it was funny because I was always Kevin's son. And later in life, given yeah. before yeah. now, he, he's Nathan's dad. Yeah, so I like it. There's been an evolution, but I, um, you know, we, we were drag racing was our original hobby, and I went to our first, uh, my first uh, drag racing event when I was like three or four days old, apparently. So yeah. mum got out of hospital, and dad said, like, there's an event on this guy. So I, I've been around cars going fast for a long time. Where was your your dad's first, your memory of your dad's, what uh, place did he run? Uh, Ravenswood Raceway was the track that dad was the manager of and was a, a partial owner. So there was there was three families and, and he ran uh, and managed that track for a lot of years and that's what sort of brought us to Sydney. So dad was sort of well known as a good operator managerially and, um, you know, ran, ran to, to time in Western Australia and um, when uh, Eastern Creek Raceway was built, they said, look, you know, we've got this motorsport facility, we want to build a drag strip. This guy apparently is pretty good in WA. So so the family moved to Sydney in middle of 91. And within a couple of months, Dad went from the the manager of the drag racing to the general manager of the whole facility. So, you know, drag racing has been my background and it's actually what got me into this whole, whole gig that I'm doing right now. He also did uh, Phillip Island as well, didn't he? Because of Phillip Island Island. He did, he did. So he, he ran uh, Eastern Creek or Sydney Motorsport Park, the artist formerly known as, um, for <laughs> a, a period of time. And then, uh, goodness me, it was in the mid-90s, he went to uh, Phillip Island and he ran Phillip Island right up to 
the 29th of March, 2003. Now, the reason I know that, and that's my son's birthday, because I remember <laughs> ringing my dad to say my son was born on the day he flew from Melbourne to go to Perth, where he ran the Perth Motorplex for an additional 13 years. Webby, I think we've got to take a pause, mate. Obviously, we've got Dave Reynolds here. We want to say good day to you, mate. What's happening? Hey, hey, boys. Oh, nothing. Just looking stupid with my Mario hat on, ready for, <laughs> ready for some action, ready for some chat. So, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to make you feel left out with a mad intro, mate. Obviously, you're a 2017 Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000 winner with Luke Yulden. Uh, you've raced in more than 300 races, I think. It, it, you see, only one, so, one, two. Only one, one. Don't care about the rest of shit. It feels like you've um, been around the sport forever, yet you're still such a young driver. You know, like you've I, I, I've I've started in 2007. It, does it feel like it's been a long time for you? Uh, yes and no. Like um, I think the older you get, it feels like time speeds up. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know why, but I don't know. It's probably because your relative age gets bigger and. The year feels like a ghost shot. I don't know. I'm just talking shit now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've been in, been in the sport for a long time. I've sort of been in and out as well. So, like, I, I've, my first year was 2009 full-time, and then I sort of spent a year out, and then I got back in, and yep. I've been in a couple of a couple of teams since then. I think four teams since then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, every time you started a new team, you started, it feels like it's a, a new chapter. So it, it's, almost, it's almost like you join, rejoin the category again. It's in a funny way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had a, a lot of good times, a lot of bad times, and a lot of in between. So, you know, I think with motor racing, 95% of the time you're disappointed. So you got to learn to, you know, curb your emotions and and um, realize that there's only one winner and there's you know 25 other losers. So yeah, you know, if you're if you're if you're cool with that, you're going to survive and you're going to have a good positive attitude out of it. I reckon if you pocketed a few bananas and threw them out the window while you're driving, you might win a few more. Hey, I'll try. It doesn't work. <laughs> With that Mario hat on there, I thought we were playing. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm always looking for mushrooms over some reason. <laughs> that's, hey, a that, different, that was, uh, that's a different story. Well, is it okay? I don't know. <laughs> hey, that was an interesting comment you made there because, yeah, you're right, there's only one person winner. But with your team now in particular, it, it's such a small team and you guys punch way above your weight, so that must give you some satisfaction as well. Oh, definitely. Like, um when I first joined Erebus in the start of 2016, we only had, well, I must have been five or six people, I reckon. And now I've got about 20-odd staff. So, And we, we literally started at the back of the grid. We were the worst-performing team, um, you know, for to, most of 2016. And then to turn it all around, to watch everyone develop and grow within himself and become, you know, better at their job, and gel more as a team. That's the biggest satisfaction I've ever got than winning any race possible. Yeah. Everyone says the journey is always better than the the top of the mountain, I suppose. Um, and it, it certainly has been for me. I've been told, Dave, that you're not obviously just a race car driver, though. You're a genuine car guy and you've had a few cool cars in the past. Like a, I've heard an RX-7 and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Was- Mate, I've still, still got an RX-7. Um, <laughs> I, I bought it for $1,000 uh, it's a Series One, 1979. For a thousand, I bought it for a thousand bucks when I was fifteen, or eight hundred oh, yeah. bucks actually. And I was just, I was just allowing for um, uh, inflation. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I literally spent that's most of year ten and eleven fixing it up and getting it up to to a decent stand. And I put like a decent thirteen B turbo engine in it, wow. and wanted to do the illegal street drags behind the behind the airport in Albury there. <laughs> Um, yeah. hey, Dave, street, street racing is not drag racing, mate. You know the rules. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you've got to realise, at the time, um, I was a big fan of Fast and the Furious when it first came out, and there was like a, a little scene in Albury and all around all the country, you know, surrounding cities of Albury that all had the same sort of scenario, and it was all ba- exactly like that movie, how it played out, like, yeah... You've all got the scanners trying to find out where the cops are. And am I allowed to talk about this? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you still got the, ne- the neons underneath the car? Yeah, yeah. We, we had it all. Like it was just, it was just the most fun I've ever had as a, like a 16, 17 year old. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of, um, a lot of misspent Fridays. But no one was ever hurt or injured or anything like that. Yeah. You know, there was a few, you know, stuff cars, I suppose, from giving it too many revs on the side of the road and. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. So yeah, I've, I've still got that car. Um, I, ha- I started it up for the very first time, uh, just at the start of this coronavirus stuff, yeah. and I haven't driven it in 14 years. So it's sort of sat in my mum's garage. So yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it going again because it was, it was such a cool car. Dave's the one guy that likes Fast and the Furious in Australia. That's, that's what we figured <laughs> out. The new stuff. The new stuff's terrible. The old, the original. <laughs> The original. The original. I agree. That was, that the old stuff, the OG stuff was the best stuff. It was. Yeah, the new stuff's terrible. It's just like yeah. Star Wars. Can't talk about the new stuff. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right. Hey, Nate, um, yeah. you've been missing from some of that for the last couple of years. I think you've been uh, overseas doing a bit of stuff with Red Bull. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sort of disappointed about that. And uh, I just want to answer a question from Ali from Northern New South Wales that asked what's my favourite event, Red Senanats. Motor yeah. or Summonats. <laughs> it has to be Summonats. Summonats is like I always said to people, Summonats is one of those things that you have to send your teenage son to. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah. It's one of those cool things where it's it's on the edge of absolutely mental, but it's safe and you've really got to do it to to appreciate it. So I really enjoyed Summonats for a lot of years. But yeah, you're right. Um uh, unfortunately, for the last few years, I've been overseas in the Dakar Rally, so fortunate enough to do a gig for Red Bull International and, and working overseas covering the Dakar. So year one was Paraguay, Argentina, Bolivia. Second year was um, uh, into uh, Argentina, Peru, Bolivia, and then last year it was Saudi Arabia. So lucky enough to see Toby Price do his yeah. best work. And, and and if you ever talk about a dead set Australian hero, that's the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, th- there's a lot of motorsport people that I associate with and I, I respect and appreciate Dave being one of them. Dead set, you know, Dave's exactly <laughs> what you see is what you get. Good Unfortunately, hey. <laughs> 100%. Good at his craft, but dead set, there is zero filter, and that's rare in this world. But Toby's another one. You know, he he is exactly what you see is what you get. And what he put himself through in 2019 to win that, his second Dakar title with a broken wrist uh, in some of the most trying conditions on the hardest motorsport competition, I might get, you know, pulled down in flames for saying it, but it's full on what those guys do. To see him win that, and I don't think Australians – have any understanding of what a legend that dude is. So that guy, all-time hero, and I'm lucky enough to to go on that event and be a part of it. Yeah, I feel like he's a superstar dude, Toby Price, you know, in, in so many ways, and you just wish that he would, his, uh, his fame would explode so much more. I mean, not that he'd probably care for it, you know, but a lot of people, if they knew his story, it's such a, so amazing. No, and that's the thing. Like, he, you're right, he, would, he wouldn't care for it. Toby doesn't yeah. live for the fame, he lives for the ride. You know, if you watch him... Even at the Fink Rally, the, the the way that he rides the bike, the way he attacks it at speed, there's he's just got that unique 
um, something special about him. You know, some people call it big no balls, brain. some people call it stupidity. Thanks, Dave. No uh, <laughs> I, I call it skill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but the guy the guy is genuinely world class, you know, and, and to to do what he did injured. We would see him every evening because we had access as Red Bull people to, to, to Tobes. We'd come in and he'd ride in and he'd, he might have done six, 700 kilometres that day. Like you're talking nearly yeah. here Sydney to Melbourne at pace and he had a fractured wrist and he'd yeah. get in and he goes, boys, I can't do it anymore, I'm, I'm hurting and whatever. But he was always just in range, you know. He was in the, the top four or the top three or whatever and he, and he hung in there and he persevered. And to win it, and you're right, you know, we, we celebrate all our traditional athletes like the ball sports and, you know, um, you know, cricketers, footballers, you name it, and we are, and, and they deserve it. They're all athletes. But what, what Toby did, I think um, people in Australia should really understand what an incredible Australian and athlete that guy is. What's, what's your first memories of Summoners, Nathan? I did Salmonats 24 um, for Lopez and the team um, as from a, from a professional perspective, but my first ever Salmonats was 1991 when my dad brought me down. We first moved to Sydney. I was I was in year 11, just finished year 11. I see you got the Salmonats shirt there on as well. <laughs> got to represent. This is one of my favourite shirts. Big flowing horsepower, Salmonats. <laughs> Do you wear that shirt in the Dakar when you're doing that? And people are like, I what? Wear, I, wear my, I, I wear my Dakar shirts when I go to other things. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bogan. You know, I'm, I, I do a lot of hardcore motorsport stuff. I'm involved in drag racing. I do Dakar, obviously, uh, supercars, summer nats. Um, I love anything that goes fast and, and I respect anything that takes skill to tune to perform, to drive, and and I'm a hardcore motorsport guy, and it and it served me really well in my career because I'm first and foremost pre-television. I'm very lucky to be involved in television, but pre-television, I was I was a car guy, and uh, and that's what I love, and that's what I understand, and and I try to translate that to the viewers and whatever I touch. I was just okay. going to say that to you. That must help, you know, portray that that passion you have. You you know what you want to you know what you want to see. So it sort of must that must help the fans. Yeah, look, a hundred percent. Like, uh, you know, I think there's an understanding of of the technical side of, the, of of TV, of you know what it takes to actually make a product, and then there's the understanding of the sport. And and you you know, as Owen said earlier, you know, I've been lucky enough to to be involved in other sports, Australian Open tennis and stuff like that. And I've all I've always learned stuff from them. You know, like there's there's an amazing level um, of, of professional um, quality that comes with th- that level of, of broadcast, and I've learned a lot from that. But what I've brought to television is my knowledge of car racing, and I try to translate that into everything I do. So the E-Series, for example, I didn't want it to be just a gaming show. I wanted it to be a supercars broadcast. And and so whilst I didn't necessarily know a huge amount of gaming, yes, I've got iRacing and I love a skid myself, what I tried to bring to it was my understanding of, of the motorsport side of it and then apply it with my uh, knowledge of the TV side of it to deliver the best possible product that I think that the everyday fans want to see, you know? That was my next question. I was going to ask you about the e-racing date. So have you enjoyed that? I've loved it. Uh, it's been really weird. I've had, what, 20-odd years in TV and all of a sudden I'm the iRacing guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's brilliant. David, I think it's, it's brilliant. David, uh, Dave adores it. No, it's, you, know, you put a lot of work in, I can tell you that. Yeah. You? you put a lot of work in. 
your e-racing stuff there, Dave, like what, what, have you done it for a long time or is iRacing something new to you or it's... That's completely new to me. Like I have, I've, I'd never played video games much growing up. I'd rather go to the pub and drink beer and play pool. <laughs> they were my games, drinking beers and playing pool. Um, so I, I haven't really... Yeah, sort of. Yeah, you can't. You can't even tell. You can't even tell. <laughs> Have I aged really badly or something? No. no. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's it's new for me. So I've only had the simulator for like six weeks, and I did the first round, and then they sacked me. Um, thanks, Nathan. That was good. I'm just joking. Hey, hey, hey! Wasn't it? Hey, hey, wasn't <laughs> <me>. <laughs> and, you um, sound bluey, JB. So then, then I then I had to sit sit down so like and watch it. But no, it was it's it's been a very very different. I suppose, uh, thing for me because, you know, my whole life growing up is understanding what's underneath you and feeling the tyre and everything like that to get the most out of the car. And now it's all completely removed and you got to just go off vision and what makes sense in the game, which for me it makes no sense. So for me I'm learning a whole new thing. So I always thought it'd be harder for a race driver like you who's used to those sensors, yes, I guess, is. in a sense, to, to then change it just, just to be only vision. It must be super hard. Like, exactly right, yeah. So um, it's it's a whole new ball game for me, and I'm not very good at it, I'm going to admit it. And But I've, I've enjoyed it the more I've sort of got into it, and the better I'll go, the more I enjoy it. But like most competitive people like myself, if we suck at something, we hate it, so... Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's the, a, reverse, the reverse grid thing can help, but no doubt. Well, just, just like totally come last and then... <laughs> They're the best I've been pushing more for more reverse grid races because then I'll be up the front. <laughs> Look, Dave, Dave's an example of of how hard this platform is, and we're super lucky to have the ability to have something like this. So while unfortunately all the other sports are, are forced to be sidelined and thank goodness they're all starting to come back at the moment with you know release dates for NRL and AFL, we had this platform to leverage off. You know, it's it's a genuine tool that yep, drivers true. use to. To, to learn on and to train on. And not only is it hard enough that drivers respect it and want to actually be a part of it. So you look at Lando Norris and Max Verstappen, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Max particularly did want to be a part of, um, you know, the F1 series, but he wanted to be part of this because it's the iRacing platform. And then we're also lucky that it has the broadcast capability, so all the camera angles and all the different bits and pieces. So it's been really good for us as a sport for supercars to be able to do it. It's been hard. You know, it's been a learning curve trying to get everyone to log into servers and get onto Zoom and learn Discord, mm-hmm. and it's been a real challenge. But you know what? I've actually loved the fact that the entire um, paddock, Supercars paddock, has got behind it. They've all yeah. done, okay, this is important. We need to do this. Let's get behind it. And I've loved that the fans, <clears throat> excuse me, the fans have got behind it. You know, um, there's, a, there's a lot of people that weren't Supercar fans that watch this and go, you know what? This is this is cool. This is entertainment. This is real competition, and to see the drivers out there every day. Because the truth is, ask Dave. It's hard to do. You actually it takes ability to do it. It's very you know, hard it's, to do. It's not a game. Guys yeah. are actually putting in the effort to do it. Um, we're really lucky to have that platform to be able to do it. It seems yeah. to have tra- translated across really well. And and I like how you said there that that brings different fans. Like no doubt they're going to want to see it in real life now. Oh, know, that like would, that's the best <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, totally, ask Dave. When they see it in real life, if they thought it was good in in iRacing, oh. it's going to blow their socks off when they watch it in real life. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nathan, how you been going? Like um, as the adjudicator and making everyone happy because I hear you get a lot of emails <laughs> from and a lot of complaints from all the teams. How's that going? Oh, Dave, 
It's been wonderful. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'd like to address that right now. Uh, no, look, you know, probably most of them from me. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you, you're actually the least trouble of all of them. So thank you. You know what? Look, we. Um, it's been a really good process. Yes, there's been some challenges. Um, <laughs> Love dealing with every single driver. Um, I've learned a lot about their personalities. I've learned a lot about the things that they do and don't like. And um, you know. Sometimes it's like herding cats, but at the end of the day, the funny thing is they're so competitive. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. everything they piss and moan about and they complain about, you understand because they just want to win. They just want to go, why did that guy get X and why did that go? Because you know they what just I worked out? Win. What's that? I worked out that you can still cheat in a game. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I worked that out too. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't it's believe not cheating, it. Man. It's not cheating if it's not a rule. Yeah, so yeah. it's not a rule. It's not cheating. You think it's something we'll see stick around? Maybe even next year have a small oh, series? Super, or? Supercars has run an E-Series for a while with yeah, professional okay. players. The question is, will with the real guys? Yeah, sorry. That's more uh, Look, I, I think, yeah. I, I think that um, there's a chance that we'll at least see more special guests or wild cars into the main thing. You know, yeah. um, I, I would think that would happen. We've got to get an understanding of what our calendar looks like to, to decide yeah. whether there will be another series. But I, I don't think yeah. we'll do a ten-week series like we've done. But yeah, there'll be something. What, what I think it what I think it could do for our sport is we've always raced, you know, once every three weeks, four weeks potentially, and it could actually fill in the gaps in between. That's yeah. that's something our sports always struggled with is filling in the gaps to try and you know get people keep engaging. Keeps the momentum. And, yeah, exactly. Keeps the momentum up. Yeah. And and that's that's what that's uh, one thing we've benefited from is every Wednesday night, six Same o'clock time. flying, seven o'clock for the race. You tune in, you know, you can watch your supercar stars um, do their thing, and you know we don't. To Dave's point, we don't have that regularity. That's certainly been a benefit to us. So will there be more of it? Yeah, hundred percent. In what format? Let's let's wait and see. Like, will I get paid for it? Definitely not. I'm not that 100% not, Dave. 100% <laughs> not. Decade Dave is fine. Decade Dave is sorted. <laughs> hey, Dave, you've, um, you're one of the first guys that I'm aware of that signed such a long-term deal. Um, what's it like working for Betty? You must like it to sign that deal. Yeah, yeah, no. Being with Betty, it's been, like, since I joined the team, it's been probably the best part of best parts of my life. So, That's you know, I just, I just want to keep the good times rolling. Um you know, they say play long-term games with long-term people. Betty's a long-term person, so you know we're gonna we're gonna do this for as long as we can until I get old and rusty. And then she goes, "You're not good enough. I'm useless. I'm gonna sack you." So hopefully, that's in ten years. So enjoy your final year, Dave. Yeah. I'm gonna go re-racing. Like to sign a deal like that, it shows my level of commitment to the team and the sport. So you know. I'm you know, I love this sport. I don't. I don't want to. I don't have. I don't have any aspirations to go do anything else. So, you know, this is this is my life, and I've worked mm, thirty odd years of racing to get here. You think you'd work work in a team after potentially? Uh no. <laughs> That's great, Matt. He, he doesn't. He doesn't well, like the drivers. I like the drivers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gotta put up with too many people. Uh, yeah. Hey, Dave, I want a question for you. Um, now that Inside Lines come out, so you know. It's my next time. question. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, over to Owen. Over no, to no, Owen. no, 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 go on, mate. You go. <laughs> there, there's been a lot in that series that I've loved, and but there's also been a bunch of confronting stuff. How have you found the feedback? Uh, 
yeah, the feedback's been, you know, very up and down. Um, you know, a lot of people have psychoanalyzed myself and my team, and um, most of them are probably correct. And the thing they say about me is that I don't have a lot of self-confidence, and, you know, that's, that's true, and I've got to work on that. So, and obviously they've said a lot of stuff about some of the other, you know, team members. And, but I think the majority of it's been very positive. Um, they could have gone, they could have divulged a lot more, I think, of our characters and, and shown probably a lot more worse sides. So, I, I, you know, I think they didn't do that bad of a job and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was quite intrusive, you know, to have a camera there all the time. You're constantly doing interviews for them. And, um, you know, I understand they were trying to get a really good story and, you know, piece it all together. But we had so much fun, we're going to do it again. We're, we're filming the second season. Well, Dave, for me, th thank you for letting us. And to, to everyone, Barry, Betty, thanks for letting us do it, mate. It was, you know, we're no, lucky that not the people would let us drop their guard like that. And Barry's copying some flack for him, but yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I, I relate with him because he, you know, who wouldn't react like that? Who doesn't speak out? without knowing that there's a camera in the corner. You know, think yeah. about that. You're in your own house or think about driving in traffic and the shit you say in traffic if someone yeah. sat in the back seat and filmed you. Yeah, Baz let us do it and full respect yeah. to Baz. Good well, guy. You, you couldn't pick another team, could you? Like you couldn't pick DJR or um, Red, Red Bull because that'd be boring. Imagine pick a Red Bull, yeah, oh, exactly. It just, <laughs> look, it'd be dog shit. Let's be still do that. I'm sure they still say and do that stuff. They just probably wouldn't let us film it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably. Yeah, well, they'd they'd, 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 they'd see you if you did put That's it out. That's what they do. <laughs> Roland, Roland, Ryan, please let us film it. I think we had in the 2000s and in 2010s, we had all this sort of fake uh, sort of TV, you know, where it was meant to be sort of real, but it wasn't. And so this kind of stuff now is what people genuinely want, I think, you know, that it's really refreshing, that yeah, real life, that real served hard. It is real. Super, it's super original, super authentic to each individual yeah. character in the yeah. team. And our team's got a lot of, like, individual personal individual personalities and and um yeah they're they're very outspoken they're very passionate about their job and um it can get people offside from time to time but if you when you're in the team you, you understand it most yeah, people are probably most people are probably watching going hey that's like my workplace we swear yeah. at each other that's <laughs> true everyone can relate to this and now that it's finished its yeah. series on fox sports it's now available free on youtube to anyone that wants to watch it so wow, please yeah. send it. i have Go to, to ask Arabus youtube check it out is yeah. it on the supercar one yeah the calendar that's just come out for the season. Do you guys want to give us a bit of a info about that? It's super exciting, right? It's got yeah, to be I'll, I'll, look, I'm sure I speak for Dave when I say that we're just pumped to go racing again. Um, yeah. You know, look, as much as the E-Series has been really cool and we've loved the um, exposure and the and the challenge and whatever, there's nothing like the real the real thing. So we're pumped to get back to Sydney Motorsport Park in the end of June and go racing. There's a, there's a couple of asterisks on what happens next, and we're hoping that um, all the state governments and federal governments allow us to start opening up what we can do and do more, and we can start adding to our releases and adding to what we can do at every event, but we've put a marker in the sand. What we've delivered is the is the realistic bare minimum product. You know, we haven't come out with these grand things about, you know, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. What we can do, we can really deliver. We feel we can really deliver, and, and the beauty of what we've we've marked as a calendar can only expand as far as attendees, support categories, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm proud of the sport on the way they've approached it. And, you know, there is dead set nothing like um, real supercars going racing. And as we've seen, NASCAR restarted on Sunday and their yep. ratings were up 38%. Yep. 
Wow. Yeah, Jesus. I think, I think they did six and a half million viewers or something. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're hoping our fans get behind us, tune in, watch on Fox Sports 506, watch wherever they can, get a part of it, and um, and as soon as they're allowed in the gate, come along and buy the merch and be a part of it. Hey, Dave, so um, on a positive note, I'm sure you probably visioned winning Bathurst. So did it? how was it when you actually won it? Did it feel as good as what you'd think? Uh, yeah, much, much better. It was <laughs> it was so much better than you could ever imagine. Yeah. The funny thing is I always say you don't realise how much that event means to, you know, your your peers, your fraternity, the sport itself until you actually win it and to the nation itself. Like I always thought, you know, Bathurst is always the biggest one you want to watch, but until, until you – sorry, it's the biggest one you want to win, but until you win it, you're jam you wanted to win it again. Like you just yeah. – you want that feeling. It's like a drug. You just can't take – Enough of them. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But. <laughs> made about more sense. Made more sense when you had the Mario hat on. We really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Obviously, we're for everybody to check out the Supercars calendar. Get behind it. You know, get behind it. Yeah, get to a race. With the two Bathurst this year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. And it's yeah, basically we're going to go back to back seasons. So you know, we've got two years in a row. Basically, two seasons in a row. There's so there's no big break and. Where, yeah, it's going to be epic. Yeah, if you love racing. Thanks for reminding me. Yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to Christmas, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye awesome. to your family. Bye, family. <laughs> hey, hey, I've got a question for Webby and maybe, uh, and Jay Benchy, maybe I'll answer it. I had to give you guys a bunch of footage for that top 100 skids. Mm-hmm. Who was number one? There was Rick, well, it was the last one. There was no, like, number one. It was, it was just the last 100 mad skids. Rick Fuller was, 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 was the most recent one. Did you not <laughs> number? Oh, you know, we leave people. You can't count, mate, so that's why we yeah, number. That's, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's non-committal. Who, who was the last one then? Rick Fuller. Oh, no, nah, it should have been Lynchy. Someone adds 28 or 29. The Thursday wildcard should have yeah. been number one when he did the reverse tip in. It should have been the number one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we <Nice. said> that. <laughs> We're going to talk about skids. I want to ask you quickly, Dave, you reckon you ever come to, to someone else and rip a skid? Oh, maybe. We, we, we spoke about... No, we're not allowed to. <laughs> okay. Yes, Dave, yes. yes. No, so we've, we've actually spoke about that internally and um, we wanted to build a car one day for it. So, yeah, yeah we, we, we speak about it within our team. Definitely. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing it. It won't be me. It would be our um, engine builder. Apparently, he's um, some world burnout champion, was 308. Everyone yeah. knows him. Yeah. And you've got Damo in your team. And so, yeah, all those guys. Yeah, all, all the there. boys, yeah. We're all awesome. red revs and we love it. Skids everywhere. Awesome, mate. Mad, all right. We'll, we'll add it on. All right. We are here with Andrew Broadley from Street Machine Magazine. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Jay Benz. Yourself? Good, mate. What's happening? Oh, just living the dream, mate. Um, yeah, busy working from home during this whole coronavirus deal, um, putting the mag together, um, business as usual, as much as possible anyway. Yeah, mad, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so there's a bit of breaking news, obviously, something's going on at, at Street Machine. There's a few few changes. You want to uh, obviously be announced a new editor um, and tell us the story about that? Indeed, mate. Well, yeah, obviously Tell's been in the in the big chair for quite some time um, and he's taken a step up to a, like a broader publisher's role um, that kind of encompasses more of the titles within our stable, which is really exciting for him. Um, and it's meant that he's uh, he's had the need to kind of take a step back, I guess, from Street Machine. Um, still heavily involved, mind you, um, 
but um, but yeah, I've I've got the the boss's gig as of the most recent issue, which is about to come out uh, this Thursday, which is really exciting. I know you are as a, as a car guy for quite a while now, and I think that's obviously it must mean a lot to, to take that role and, and serve, you know, no doubt you'll bring some really good flavour to the magazine as well. Yeah, mate. I mean, Street Machine is a, an incredibly uh, important brand to our scene. Um, it's got a near on 40-year heritage. Um, so, yeah, the magnitude of it isn't lost on me <laughs> by any stretch. Um, big shoes to fill um, in, in Telf's. Uh, with Tell's departure, I guess, um, but really grateful that he's sort of staying on board as publisher and editor in chief. So I can kind of lean on him for advice here and there when I need to, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, super bloke to have around, and I've full faith, mate. You'll you'll bring it to the to the scene, absolutely. <laughs> Appreciate it, mate. Cheers. What's uh, the, the your upcoming issue drops this Thursday? That's, that's right. It does indeed, mate. I've um I've I've got it here. So um subscribers wow. have started to to receive it already. Um and feedback so far has been really good. Um banger of a cover car, Clint Ogilvy's LC, which requires very little introduction. It's the third time the car's been on the cover of the mag, not including wow. cover of a, a Summonat special, which was it, it was on many moons ago. And you know, it's been a, a car that's kind of evolved over the years, and um, it, it's it's done a lot of things. It's it's won a Burnout Masters Championship. It's been in the top sixty hall at Summonats. Um, so it's a car that people will be really familiar with. Um, and and now it's kind of got more of a sharpened focus, I guess, on on skids. He's gone from Holden Power to to a small block Chev. Um, really serious motor, um, and yeah, oh, as a Tirana guy, personally, I'm really wrapped to have it on the cover of, of <laughs> my first issue. So yeah, and, and a great guy, Broads. Clint's a great Fantastic guy. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Always look forward to catching up with Me with Clint around the traps. He's just um, yeah, really good quality fella, and super passionate about the scene, and um, very uh, involves his whole family in it. Um, yeah, really stand up guy for sure. Which uh, I was going to say, then, which the Tirana thing comes around. Like, Obviously, you've got a got a Toronto in the in the that's in an ever evolving build. You want to give yeah, us a bit of a spin? I, I, I guess you could, you could call it that, mate. It's <laughs> been um, it's been ruining my life since I was fourteen years old. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's um, my baby, I guess. Um, it, it's, it's it's nothing all that special, but um, you know, it's had a started out as a you know a hot six and evolved into a you know injected five liter type thing, and I put nitrous on it and. And mucked around. Anyone who's listening to the podcast who might have seen um, the episodes of Carnage, we took the car down to Motor X and uh, and put a Harrop blower on it live in front of um, the crowd down there. And it it went on to run 11.4 at 116, just with a like a literally a $500 five litre in the thing. So we're really wrapped um, with that result. And it's at the moment down at MPW Performance who run the dyno comp at Summonats and uh, they're uh, doing a bit of a fuel system upgrade and some more Haltech goodies, um, switching over to E85 and we're fishing for for 10s on that stock motor, which I think would be a really cool story to tell, um, you know, on YouTube and in the mag. So, yeah, excited about doing a bit of racing in this sort of post-COVID-19 phase. Um, hopefully that comes around sooner rather than later. And we want to thank Broadly for coming on. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Thanks for having Thanks, me, guys. Mate. Really. All the best. Hope you enjoy the new gig, mate. Absolutely. Congratulations, Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. And well done on the podcast too, Phil. It's really been enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. No worries. We'll see you around the traps, eh? Hopefully see sooner than later. Bye, right, mate. Yeah, look forward to it. Cheers. Well, see, you. see you, mate. All right, Webby, what's happening, champ? All right, mate. I um, that, that was uh, just that was a great night tonight. <laughs> and, uh, I knew it would be funny. I knew Dave would be funny. And, and Nathan's 
like the thing with Nate, he's always behind the scenes, so it was really good to get him yeah. out front and let people actually see some of the stuff he does. He's, uh, he's a super funny dude too. <laughs> he's actually world-class at what he does. He's yeah. talking about Baby Price and, and, and Dave's obviously one bat. That's a great driver. But Nate is really at the – he's at the top of his game as well. So, yeah. Yeah, really yeah absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's been also nice to have Hayden on the podcast too, get a yeah. perspective from New Zealand as well and what it's like to, to come over to Summonats. How many travelling cars have there been over the years, Webby, with, with Summonats and stuff from overseas? A few? Okay. A few more on the elite side, but uh, not yeah. much on the, on the burnout side. So that was really good. And to give us that perspective, and and he knows where they sit in the whole the whole scheme of thing, and, and yeah. they aspire to be like us in Australia. So, I mean, that's a pretty yeah. good thing. Yeah. I think one thing we didn't touch on in that interview was that the one cool part was Hayden has the pub there, but they did a fundraiser to get – some funds up and sold some merchant stuff to get the funds to bring the car over. I think that's a really cool story. Yeah, those New Zealanders, like, we make fun of them for that, but they are, <laughs> they are such a resilient bunch I think of they're awesome people. Don't forget, everybody, that Summonats 2021 tickets and entries are on sale right now. So we're all amped for January to be here. I know I'm going to be there. Webby's going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. We want you to be there too. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast uh, supplier as well as our, you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you're watching on Facebook, give us a like or give us a like on YouTube. Just like everywhere if you can. We'd really, we'd really appreciate it. Even if you don't like it, give it a like. That's how it goes. <laughs> All right, that's it for Podcast 7. Thanks, Webby. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. All right, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Cheers. On Podcast 8. We have multi-time Summonats Grand Champion winner, Howard Astle. One of Summonats' favourite sons and burnout world champion, Gary Myers. Summonats 30 Grand Champion, Mark Happy Williams. One of Australia's top car painters and car judges, Rachel Derbidge. Plus, we've got stacks of stuff to give away and more. As always, Webby and I go live on Tuesday nights at 8.30pm. Mad. Summonats!